All right. Good morning, Momentum Church. How are we doing today? Oh, come on. I think y'all got a little bit more than that. How are you guys doing today? This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm so glad y'all know the Bible. It makes my job a lot easier. This is the day. I want you to think about that. Some of y'all, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, yeah, you're right. This is the day. We got some NFL playoffs going on. Got a couple teams in it, and they're in it to win it. And it, it so ties into the message today because if, if you are here today as a first-time guest, let me just say welcome. There are several of you. We are so glad that you're here. Um, this is all about Jesus. This is not about momentum. This is not about this pastor because there is only one who is worthy to receive honor and glory and power forever and ever and ever and ever. And his name is Jesus. And it, it's so exciting to know that we are a community, but we're part of a kingdom. We are a community. This is a local expression of God's love. That's what momentum is. But we're part of a bigger scale. We're part of a kingdom of God. And it is not limited to one race. It is limited to all those who believe. And there are people all over this world today proclaiming and naming that Jesus Christ is still the way, the truth, and the life. Isn't that good news? That's good news. And if you're here today for the first time, we want to welcome you and just want you to feel at home. Just relax. And I hope that today God's word and the truth of God's word will in some shape, form, or fashion set you free. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. I don't know about you guys, but he's here today. And I know he is here. In fact, his word tells me he's here where, where two or three are gathered together. He's right here. So God Almighty is here today, and I just am so thankful. When we worship him, you know, worship is more than just singing. Worship is really living a life of obedience. That's what true worship is. That was a hot point right there. Y'all missed that one. Y'all could have just said amen right there, you know. Y'all could just, could just, you know, encourage a brother. But uh, that's, that's what worship is, is obeying him. Here, Lord, your servant is listening. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. That's really our heart. But I don't know about you. I sure love to sing to him. I, I spent so many years singing about him. I grew up in church. My dad was a pastor. And, man, we sang about God. And, and I love some of those songs. And then I was a youth pastor in Pensacola, Florida, and had a ninth grade student teach me what true worship through singing is. And that's not just singing about God, but it's really singing to God. And it changed my life. It changed the landscape of my life forever. And then I found myself not just getting excited in church and singing and being all pumped up. And man, I just don't sit still. That's just kind of me. I move around a little bit. But, uh, you know, you watch me during a football game and I'm like crazy. Um, but I'll tell you something. I like to get a little crazy in worship because my mind just cannot contain the thought that there is someone who is as awesome and great and powerful, and most importantly, present in my life 
and he is for me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? Who can be against me? Death can't be against me. Demons can't be against me. Hell can't be against me. If God is for me, who can be against me? And so I'm just a little fired up before the message today. Y'all forgive it, brother. But I'm blaming it on the presence of God. I'm, I'm blaming it on him. I just can't. I'm, man, I'm about fit to be tied up here. I think I was talking a few minutes ago about NFL, and that was a fleeting thought when I started thinking about God and his greatness. But today's a big day, and several of you will be excited, and you'll be fired up as you get around the TV. I think, what is it? Is it, uh, let me make sure I got the time here right, 3 p.m. on Fox, which is 2, our time, is that right? Got someone out there on it? And that's, that's, that's the 49ers, and they're at Atlanta. They're playing Atlanta Falcons, right? So I just... Um, I got to be honest, I'm a, I grew up in Tennessee. I'm a Tennessee fan, but I always had a second backup team. And um, it's, you know, I was trying to tell you all the colors, just kind of show you, show you this. But uh, I'm kind of going for Atlanta. Sorry, Judah Smith. But, uh, and uh, I thank God for redemption and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Yeah. But, you know, you may watch that game or you may... You may say, you know what, man, I'm not interested in that game as much as I am. The Ravens at the Patriots, that's on CBS. You don't want to miss that one. What is that, 530? You're excited. You're excited about that game. Well, I want to tell you something. I want to talk to you today. We're in the series called Better. I want to talk to you about something even better than these football games. Something better. Now, I'm all about, I love football. Love football, but there's something better than these games for me. And that is relationships. Relationships. Relationships are so very important. And today we're, we're in this series talking about community. And I want Momentum Church to be a church that is fired up about community. Because here's the deal community is the antidote to loneliness. God does not want you to be alone. The Bible says it's not good for man, insert woman, to be alone. God made Adam. And then God's like, well, we got a problem here. You know, uh, he needs some help. God made a help meet, named her Eve. And all of a sudden, everything now was, it was good. It was better. It was better. God wants you to live a life that is better, but God knows for you to live a life that is better, there's gonna have to be some intentional decisions, some intentional leaning in on your part and on my part. You with me? Y'all with me so far? All right, go like this if you're tracking with me. All right? If you think about some of your greatest memories, chances are you weren't alone. You had people with you that you loved. Am I right? Man, come on now. I remember, I remember in Pensacola, 1999, I had just got married. I had just got married, and me and two other guys um, here in Pensacola, we got this crazy wild hair to say, you know what, let's go. I'm an Atlanta Braves fan, and we're like, you know what, let's go to the World Series. And, and we didn't have tickets for the World Series, but, and truth is, we didn't have too much money for the tickets for the World Series, but we're like, we're going to do it anyways. So we just decided we were going to do it, and we left the next day, which was the, the day of the game, and we left with no tickets but a prayer, believing that our God is able. That with men, it's impossible, 
but with God, all things are possible. And, and that's not, listen, that's not a, you know, poor planning on our part. Our faith grew overnight. You know, someone like said, you think we can make it to the game? And we're like, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. It was more like, Lord, I believe, help my wife's unbelief. But uh, all of a sudden, we had this thought. We rallied around it. We're all Braves fans. We're like, let's do it. So we're road trip. Woo! We got the candy in the car, and I'm chugging the Dr. Pepper. And we, yeah, we're going to World Series. And we have no clue if we're going to get tickets or not. But we're going to the World Series. That's what I'm talking about. And we're driving. And it was so much fun being together. It was so much fun being together when we went to Will Call, and the ladies looked on her face when we said, we need three tickets. And she looked at us like, She's like, boy, you're crazy. She's like, these tickets have been sold out for a long time. We don't have any tickets here. I'm like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. And she looked at me and she said, no, seriously, man, I'd love to help you guys. We don't have any tickets. My heart was like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. And I said, would, would, would you just check for a brother? Keep him from crying in front of us. A grown woman, would you just check? You know, no, not really. But uh, I said, would you just please, would you check? I said, we prayed. We be- we're believing God for three tickets. Now, we all decided before we left that we wouldn't spend any more than $120. That was a big chunk of my paycheck back then. And um, yeah, but this was World Series. This was Atlanta. This was Atlanta Braves. And they happened to be playing the New York Yankees. That's what I'm talking about. This was a big game, game two. And so we're standing there and she goes, I'll never forget it. Oh my gosh. That's kind of how it sounded, just like that. Oh, my gosh. And um, you need to do a rap with that in there. And, uh, but it was crazy. And she said, you, I, 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 I just, um, crazy. You're not even going to believe this. I said, I believe it. How much are they? She said, we, we got three tickets on the first baseline. The next section up, which in Atlanta is the Lexus level. Give you a little place to put your feet on, if you know what I'm talking about. It's like right there, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe it's, no, it's right under the Lexus level. Lexus level is all the, yeah, it's, it's right underneath it. But it's, she said, we got three seats, first base, right there, first baseline, wide open. She said, they're $120 a piece. Right there, man. I just wanted to worship God right there. I was like, Lord, thank you so much. And that just cemented back in my heart again, 1999, that God is a God that nothing's too hard for him. But it also cemented in my heart as we went to that game, as we laughed and had fun and drove back all night because I was a pastor on staff. That was a Saturday night game. I had to be at church, not just in the morning for church. I had to clean the church. I had to clean the church. Oh, yeah. So they drove all night. I tried to get some sleep. <laughs> and um, Braves lost in the, in the night. It was 0-0, and Paul O'Neill hit a, hit a single home, home run, beat us. It was crazy. But I smiled with a, or I slept with a smile on my face all the way back. You know why? Because we had not only a blast, we had created a memory. It's better together. We are better together. I need some help real quick. Oh, that's good. Come on now. Yeah, son. Hey, where's Jared at? Jared, are you in here? Come here, big dog. This is my buddy, Jared. Give it up for Jared, would you? Thank you. Dave and Goliath. How many think I could take him? How many know I don't think I could take him? All right. 
Jerry's going to help us out today, and he's really, you're going to help me out so much. And what I want you to do is just get comfortable as much as possible. Just, you stand right over here if you want, and uh, just kind of raise your hands up. Can you just keep your hands up and just raise them up and keep them as high as you can? That's all you got to do, nothing but that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hook you up for doing this today, okay? Awesome. All right. So one more hand for Jared over here. Yeah. We're better together. God is a relational God. In fact, the truth is God is singular in nature, but he is plural in person. God the Father, God the, and God the, that's right. That's right. He is three in one. God is a community of himself. He's a community of himself. In Genesis, he said, let us make man in our image. Who was he talking about? He was talking about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. There are, there are three persons in one. And the truth is, is that we, according to Genesis, we are made in God's image. How many believe we're made in the image of God? That's why the Bible says, do unto others as you would do unto yourself, because the cross is level. The cross is level, and we are all made in the image of God. And there's not one person that you will ever look at in the eyeballs that God Almighty does not love and care for. It doesn't matter if they're atheists, doesn't matter if they're a God-hater, doesn't matter if they're a blasphemer. My Bible tells me that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God made us in his image. And what that means, what it means is that we are created, we are designed, we are we are destined to live a life of relationship. Life is better together. Last week, we talked about Peter. You remember that? Peter, Peter was in prison. All of a sudden, an angel shows up, but an angel shows up because over here, Peter had a community of unity. He had people that knew him, knew what was going on in his life, knew when he was celebrating, knew when he was crying, knew when he was in prison, knew when he was preaching. They kept up with him. There was a little accountability there. There was a whole lot of love there, a whole lot of trust there, a whole lot of favor there, and they are pleading and praying to God. And so God hears their prayer just like God hears our prayer, and God sends a holy angel to do his work at his command. The angel shows up. The shackles fall off. He walks out past guard one, past guard two, past guard three, the doors to the jail house not only open up, he walks out free. I have a dream. Freedom. Thank God. Tomorrow as we celebrate, may we not forget that some people paid the price. That some people said, you know what? Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., so many phenomenal quotes. I, I want to read this one real quick. I love this. Love this. Love this. He said, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Isn't that good? That's powerful. And tomorrow's not just a day out of work. Tomorrow, I'm going to celebrate a preacher who believed a savior and thought that we just ought to have some freedom and thought that people ought to be treated equally. Do you hear me today? I'm going to celebrate that. Y'all better be clapping up in this place. Can I, can I just insert, stay with me on the whole 
Peter house thing over here. Can I, I tell you, my son came home, he's second grade, and, and we've raised him just to believe that, um, how you doing over there, buddy? <laughs> it's starting to get hard, isn't it? All right, I'm gonna hook you up. I told you, I promise you, I'm gonna hook you up. Everyone's gonna be like, man, I wish you could call me up there. All right, you're doing good, hang in there. We still got 30 minutes. <laughs> he's like, I'm about ready to take down this animal. Jaden's riding the bus home on Friday. I, Stephanie told me the story last night. I was like, thank you. I should use that in my message. That's holy. And Jaden came home and Jaden said, Mom, do you know what Monday is? She said, what's Monday? He said, it's a holiday. I said, you know what that means? What's that mean, Jaden? We don't have school. <laughs> if you're a parent, you know what that means. <laughs> You're watching, you're babysitting, right? No. We're having fun today, right? He said, Mom, you know why? You know why we don't have school? He rides the bus. We take him to school every day, and then he rides the bus home. I put him in a public school because I want him to be light in darkness. Not dissing Christian schools. I'm just saying intentionally. I've kind of had to say, man, we're going to do this because I don't want him to live in a bubble. I want him to live in reality. And I believe that light is brighter than darkness. That's just good news today. That's good news. And I said, you know what? How you doing? I'm going to get some help here in just a second. You're doing good. He's looking at me like I'm fixing to kill you for sure. Jane said, you know why? He said, because they used not to let brown people and white people ride the bus together. Can you believe that, mom? Can you? And he's now, now he goes from angry to he starts crying. Can you believe that, mom? And he gets all tear, and, and that touched my heart last night when I heard it. And I thought, God, thank you. Thank you that we're raising him the right way, that that bothered him. I was raised in a phenomenal family, but around me was people who were prejudiced. And our God's not like that. I do believe God wants freedom for all. And so tomorrow I'll celebrate just a little thank you, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. For, for saying the things that you said and standing up. And he wasn't perfect and everything he did, do I agree with? Do I agree with everything I do? I'm like, no, honey, I'm sorry. I was wrong again. But I sure appreciate him and the voice that he was and the dream of freedom. God has that same dream of freedom. And he gets Peter out of prison and then all of a sudden, Peter's back at the house, and you remember the story from last week, but all of a sudden he's knocking on the door, and girl goes, Rhoda goes to answer the door, and she, can't, she hears his voice, she recognizes him, she tells everyone else, and she tells him, she says, man, Peter's at the door, and they're like, no, he's not, no, he's not, no, he's not, yes, he is, no, he's not, no, he's not, and finally he's like, let me in, while hair in my chinny chin, chin, please let me in, it's me, it's me, and they bring him in, and don't you know that they praised God, here's the word, together. We were made for community. How are you doing? You, doing, you need some help. 
I need some help. I need, I need two guys. Would y'all come help me get some help here? It's heavy, right? It is very heavy. Come on up here. Give it up for these strapping guys right here. Y'all hold his arm up, okay? Yes, thank you. Now, now you get to punish them. You just put the weight of all that muscle on those arms and let them get to work a little bit. All right? All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yes, it's hard. It's, it's hard. That's real sweat. It, it, this is hard. It's hard sometimes when there's not even a whole lot on you just to try to keep it up. A hot point right there. It's hard. We were made for relationships. We were made for community. The Bible, the Bible tells us several, several things. I'm going to read a couple verses. We're going, to, we're going to just talk about community. We're going to talk about doing life together. Right before we do, I want to read a quote from, from August 7th all the way back in 2005. Dan Marino was being inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame. I've got his whole, um, his whole speech printed out. But the part I love the most was this, and I quote, I've accomplished many things, but what I cherish more than any record I hold, fourth quarter comeback, or any wins I was ever involved in is the relationships. God is a community of himself. We're made in his image, and we were made for community. God does not want you to do life on your own. So I want to ask you a question real quick. And the question is, is is there a fast pass to spiritual growth? You know, when I I lived, when when I lived, y'all doing all right? When, When I lived in Atlanta, Georgia, when I lived in Atlanta, Georgia, we went to Six Flags. And I think year two we were there, they invented this thing called a fast pass. Y'all know what I'm talking about, fast pass? You pay a little bit more money, but it's worth it because you already paid a whole lot of money, you know, for a season pass. And then you pay this thing, and then you get to pass everybody, you know? And I just like passing people. I ain't going to lie. I told Jaden this morning, we were in the left lane, which is normally the faster lane, but it was like 20 deep, and no one was in the right lane, which normally is a slower lane. I said, Jaden, watch this. And, and we weren't like going crazy. At that moment, and we just, we just kind of got over, and we just started passing people. And I was counting them. I was like, Jaden, see, like 10, 11, 12, 13. And they were all backed up because jokers up front were turning, and no one else was paying attention. We were just, I, I, I like passing people. And I, I said, Jaden, I said, man, you know what? This fast pass thing is amazing, too, because you, get to, you don't have to wait in line for two hours. You get to go up to the front, which means you get to ride more rides. You have more fun. It's a fast pass. Well, I want to ask this question today. Do you think that maybe there might be a fast pass to spiritual growth? I believe there is. And I believe most Christians don't. But I believe that there is a fast pass to spiritual growth. And I believe it all, I believe it has everything to do with relationships. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. So if I have this sword and it's not sharp or this knife and it's not sharp and I'm not doing anything to sharpen it, it's going to remain dull, isn't it? But if I take it and I begin to spend some time and invest some time sharpening the blade, what's going to happen? It's going to get 
sharper. It's going to have a sharper image. It's going to be sharper for real because I put in some time. And community takes time. The truth is every one of us knows that there are things in our life that we don't like. There are things in our past that we wish we could forget. Maybe there are things in our past that we still have not forgave. We've not forgiven ourselves. He's turning around. You guys doing all right? Now, y'all help him now. Don't just be like, oh, you know, he's up there like, y'all help him. Hold those arms up. He needs some help. I believe that there is a secret, and I believe that secret is in doing life together. If you have your Bibles, you have your iPhones, I want you to look at this first. We're almost through. Hang with me. You know, you debate doing something like this because it's kind of distraction, but this distraction is necessary today. It's going to prove a solid point, solid biblical point. Hebrews 10.24 says this. I'll read it from the message. It said, let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. I grew up and memorized it as do not forsake yourself. Do not forsake assembly, assembling yourselves together. Don't, don't forsake being together. Listen to this, though. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worshiping together, as some do, but spurring, here's the phrase that pays, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. Those words spur each other on, spur. What that is talking about is it was an ancient Christian community practice of encouraging each other toward love and toward continual love. Not just love like I love you, but like love is a verb. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I'm become a sounding brass. I'm, I'm good for nothing. If I, if I see the naked and say, God bless you, and I keep driving, I see the homeless and the hurting and the hungry, and I'm like, Lord, bless them with grace and mercy. God bless you guys. And I just go forward, and I don't care. Jesus says, you missed me. Because whatever you did to the least of these, you did it unto me. You did it to me. So we are to be a community of unity. That means we are to love each other. And I know it's hard because sometimes, be, just be honest, it's hard sometimes to like each other, let alone love each other. And God says, oh, you don't have to like each other. I called you something a little bit higher than liking each other. I'm calling you to love each other because by this shall the world know that you're my disciples if you love one another. One another. Spurring each other on. Now, here's why this is so important to do this. It's so important to do this, guys. Listen to me. Because church equals community. Church is not a building. Church is not when we just come in here and we all get together and we sing some songs and we hear some preaching. It was an ancient Christian communal practice that they were up in each other's grids, that they knew what was going on in your life and you knew what was going on in my life because God is a God of honesty There's no deception in God. God calls us to live in his image, to be honest, to be transparent. But I don't want to be honest. I don't want to tell people the real me because I've been hurt before. Listen, you can never be more hurt than Jesus was hurt on that cross when God the Father turned his back on him. And he who knew no sin became sin for you and me so that we could have eternal life in him. And I want to tell you something. He died on that cross and he died alone so you wouldn't have to live alone. 
He died alone so you wouldn't have to live alone. He died alone. He went to hell alone. And then he took death, hell, the grave, the keys, and he said, yo, I'm up out of this place. And he walked out defeating death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah. (laughs) Victorious. And he did it so I don't have to bear my own weight alone. Because eventually it gets too heavy. And eventually I start sweating and I'm turning red and my hands are shaking and I can't hold it up no more because God didn't call me to do it by myself. God called me to do it with others. Exodus 17, there's a man by the name of Moses and Moses was told by Almighty God, see your men out in battle, you hold your hands up to me. And as long as you hold your hands up to me, Israelites will win. But when you start putting them down, they're going to start losing. And what hangs in the balance are men's lives, our families, our mamas and children that daddy needs to come home to. Can I tell you something? Do we even have a clue how much hangs in the balance of our life, living life together? I grew up, I grew up watching Christians, just be honest, I grew up in the Bible Belt. And sometimes Christians, they, instead of loving each other, if a brother fell down, they would kick them. They would curse them. They would gossip about them. James says, oh my goodness, the tongue. Out comes blessing and cursing. You kidding me? Instead of helping them back up, help them up. Be a lifter. Hold people's arms up. Who in your life knows the real you and loves you anyways? Let me ask a better question because the series is better. Who in your life is close to you and is surrounding you, warts and all, and loves you for the you God sees you to be, not the you you sometimes is, and is holding your arms up. They're praying for you. They're weeping for you. They're rejoicing for you. Who in your life is doing that? Who's being an arm lifter in your life? Guys, you can be seated. Thank you so much. I'm going to hook you up, man. Give me a hug, dude. Love you. That was hard, wasn't it? That was really hard. Jared, this might be a good time just to confess. I was going to originally do it with dumbbells, and I left them in the car. They were only five pounds each, and they looked weenie, but you know what? The truth is, I promise you, you would have got to exhaustion a lot quicker how true it is that sometimes in our life, we all carry in different loads. And we need each other. This verse says this. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worshiping together. You know why it's essential we worship together? You know, people say, people say I don't need to go to church. I love God. I watch so-and-so on TV. I don't, I don't need the church. You are wrong. You need the body of Christ. Don't tell me you're part of the body, but you can't stand the body. If you're part of the body, be a part of the body. And it's not about the body, it's about the groom. We're the body of Christ. And we've got to learn not just to get along, but we've got to learn to go along. Because we need each other. You know why it's important we worship together? 
is because we have to be in the business of spurring each other on. Because you know what? I have some strong moments in my life, and God Almighty knows I have some weak moments in my life. And I need people praying for me. I realized a long time ago, God, I'm desperate for you. Like, I can't do this without you and the help of other people. I need people. There's no such thing as the lone ranger in life. If he's a lone ranger, that ranger's alone. I want to mess with him. He got some issues. My whole desire is that we will be a church that commits to love each other and not just by showing up on Sunday mornings, but by showing up the rest of the week in each other's lives. Who knows you? Who knows you? Not, not the image you've been trying to hold up for so long. I'm just trying to hold that image up. I'm talking about the real you. Who knows you? And who says, I... I want to hold you up. Go ahead and rest. Go ahead and take a little Sabbath. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, was it her and was it Aaron that held up Moses' arms in Exodus 17 and they held his arms up because he couldn't do it anymore. He was a great man, but you know what? Even great men and even great women get tired. I think Isaiah 41 says, even the youths grow faint. But those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Go ahead and quote it. She got it right there. Shall run and not be weary. That's what it says. And the best way to do that is not alone. Right before we dismiss, I guess the message anyways, right before I land the plane, I want to tell you, I want to read to you Acts chapter 2, verse 41. That day, about 3,000, y'all remember the story. This is Pentecost. A whole lot of people give their lives to Jesus. That day, about 3,000 took him at his word. Peter's preaching, by the way. They were baptized and they signed up. They committed themselves. They committed themselves. Acts 2, 41 in the message. They committed themselves. If you're going to be great in anything that you do, you have to learn to commit yourself. Martin Luther King Jr. said, whatever your, life, whatever your life's work is, do it well. A man should do his job so well that the living, the dead, and the unborn could do it no better. They committed themselves. And what did they commit to? The Bible tells us to the teaching of the apostles. All right, that's good. That's what today is. But I love the next part, the life together, because we are better together. So we better learn to play together. You have a little baby, you put him in a room. It's not long. Gavin, my youngest is two. And that dude, I'm telling you, man, I'm already signing him up for UFC, MMA. Here we come. He, he's want to beat up on someone. If he can just hit something or something, I'm not kidding you, man. He's just like, just, he just... And, and sometimes it's, it's anger, I'm not going to lie, and sometimes he'd do it in smile. <laughs> he's like, I am pretty strong, aren't I? You know, the other day I was looking over here at Riley, and he walked up, and he just hit me in the stomach as hard as he could. I didn't even know he was there. He just punched me, and I thought, what am I going to do when he's 14, man? So I joined a gym. 
Gavin, I'm just thinking about, you know, they committed themselves doing life together. The common mill, the common mill. That's the mill when they came together and weren't trying to impress each other. They just realized they had one thing in common, and that thing was they were all sinners, but thank God for grace, because grace has already swept them away, and they're living free because of Jesus. And so that's a common meal together, and the prayers, they prayed together. I promise you this, if there's someone you do not like, pray with them, and God will turn your heart, and you will begin to love them. And you'll watch prayer drive out, cast out unforgiveness. Because you can't pray with someone and not love them. Because when you pray, God Almighty begins doing some heart surgery. Everyone around was in awe. All those wonders and signs done through the apostles. Are you kidding me? And all the believers lived a wonderful harmony, holding everything in common. They sold whatever they owned. They pulled their resources so that each person's need was was met. Let me try the M instead of the N. Every need was met. Now, I'm going to tell you something. That is not American Christianity. But it happens to be in the Bible. And it challenges me. Because when I see people in need, if I'm in the flesh, I just think, well, there's probably a reason for that. They probably didn't work as hard as I work. They're probably not as dedicated as I'm dedicated. Probably not, right, right, right? But if I'm living and I'm walking in the spirit, I see someone in need, and I'm like, you know what? Oh, you, hang, hang on just a second. Hang on. I'm going to, I'm going to, Whatever I have to help you, I'm going to help you because the truth is, it's all his. Ownership's a myth. It's not mine. No U-Haul is going to be behind this hearse. It's all yours. And I love what he says. They followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home, doing life together. Every meal was a celebration. Every Sunday morning we come together, I want you to think about Sunday morning as a dessert. This is not the only time that you need to get in the Bible that you are responsible to feed yourself. If you're 30, if you're 20, if you're 14, God wants you to pick up the spoon and feed yourself. The word of God is the deal. It is spiritual protein. It is a help to the helpless. It is strength to the weak. It is everything that you need. Everything. But Sunday morning, Sunday morning is like dessert. It's like, man, dude, we, we are full, but we still got room for dessert because we've been feasting, but now we want to celebrate because we all love chocolate. I mean, this is amazing. Someone opened up some Bluebell ice cream up in this joint, and we're just fixing to have a couple bowls. Together. Sunday morning, man, we, we sing to God. We don't sing to each other. We sing to God. We get excited. If I get excited watching my team play, how much more should I get excited in his presence when I'm with my family? And it's like the greatest tradition ever. And we are home. We are home together. And one day we're going to live together forever with Jesus in heaven. I better learn to love and learn to live together here on earth. Maybe, maybe that's what Jesus was thinking when he said, God, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's just love each other. And the church says this, 
They followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home, every meal of celebration, exuberant and joyful as they praise God. We're not praising the band. We're not praising the preacher. We're not praising the message. We're praising the only one worthy enough to be praised, and that is as they praise God. And the outsiders, the Bible says generally, they liked what they saw. The outside world did exactly what Jesus prophesied they would do. And they knew that these guys were his disciples because they loved each other like no other love. Love is the greatest weapon. Every day their number grew as God added to those who were saved. Now, now, let me close with this question. Wouldn't it just be great if everyone did that? Wouldn't it just be great if everyone said, you know what, I'm I'm walking out of the darkness, I'm stepping into the light, because bad things, unhealthy things can grow in darkness. You can't see as well. Your vision gets a little blurred. There's just, there's not so much clarity. We need each other. And you're going to hear me talk a whole lot about getting involved in a community group. Because we want to be New Testament Christians. We want to hold high the ancient form of community and believing that we need each other and we will love each other and we will hold each other's hands up and we will be there in the good times and celebrate and we will be there in the bad times and we will cry and we'll weep. We'll bear each other's burdens. And if you are not living that kind of life, today God Almighty's got an invitation for you and for me and that life is, and that invitation is come. All you that are heavy burdened, that you're weary, that you're tired. I've just been doing it a long time. If you just feel like this is your last straw, you've got a lot of strength left. And God says, I have a plan for that. It's called community.